we learned what the promised day is, which is an eclipse. I think they should have mentioned an eclipse sooner. Don't you think? I am tempted to say that perhaps uh, Hiromu Arakawa did not know exactly how she was going to define when this happened until uh, an eclipse. What? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> My God, we're going to have to send all our fan after you. <laughs> <laughs> It's been 55 years since I saw my father. It's another episode of Full Metal Analysts. Welcome to our show where free riders analyze each and every episode of Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. I'm Michelle. I'm Arthur. And my animal instincts tell me that I'm Mike. My animal instincts <laughs> tell me they wanted a catchphrase. My animal instincts. My animal instincts hope you enjoy that line of dialogue because you're going to hear a lot in this episode. And our guest today is a writer and former associate editor for Anime News Network who currently writes essays on anime at webservations.com. Please welcome to the show Jacob Chapman. Hello. Yes. Hi. Thank you very much for having Yay. me on. And my animal instincts tell me I should ask you, how did you get started? with a metal alchemist oh man how much time do you have uh so i got into full metal alchemist way back when it was the hottest shit in the schoolyard uh when i was in middle school it was sort of just kind of coming into popularity and people were reading the manga and then it was starting air on adult swim when i was in high school and uh i got really into it it was like the biggest show the biggest anime of the time and i was really just starting to get into anime at the time and i was so much so into it that even though i didn't really have the cash to be doing such a thing i bought every single one of the original dvd releases and ended up making a lot of friends through Full Metal Alchemist because I would cycle them through uh, all of my theater friends and my band geek friends. And there was like a line. It was like I was the Full Metal Netflix. There was like a queue for, oh, I want disc four. I got through the first three. Oh, sorry, like James has disc four. Oh, you have to wait for Julia to get done with disc five, that kind of thing. Occasionally they would get damaged. I remember when I was a kid, uh, some mean kid like stole one and sharpied the back of it and had to replace it. And I wouldn't say it defined my high school experience, but Full Metal Alchemist was a major part of high school for me. And so, and that was all just the 2003 series. But over time, Brotherhood has kind of eclipsed that first 2003 adaptation as the most popular and the most sort of accepted canon version that people go to, which has been interesting to watch. But I'll never forget how big the 2003 version was at the time. And uh, to me, it's still my favorite version. I am absolutely a 2003 apologist. I have seen Brotherhood through multiple times now. I appreciate and respect what it's going for. I respect the spectacle and the madness of it all but it doesn't really hold the same place in my heart as that first adaptation does. But uh, I'm excited to talk about an episode with you guys here today, though. I mean, I can't speak to the comparison with the O3 because I haven't seen it, you know? Soon you will. That's right. We will cover the 2003 anime after yeah. we finish Brotherhood. I, I'm excited. I'm anxious to see. Yeah, I'm curious to see what your opinion will be on it as, as because I think for most... I mean, I, I hesitate to say that because I know the youngins getting into anime now, probably not the case. A lot of people... I would say, if not the majority, like a significant number of people have only seen Brotherhood. But outside of that, like what's the next most largest or maybe the number one largest group of people is people who saw O3 first, then Brotherhood. I don't think there are very many people on the planet Earth that watch Brotherhood and then watch O3. Maybe more people will become that way, I guess, if, if O3 becomes more streaming accessible. But uh I'm very curious to see your take watching them in reverse order. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe Mike will lead the O3 revolution. Maybe I will. Yeah, I'll be your general. I'll be your lieutenant colonel. Five years from now, Mike, on the soapbox. 
We must watch all three shows. Oh, three has some really good points yeah. that people a forget about there. a lot. And streaming access. It, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> need defenders, I don't think, because it, it did have its day in the sun. Like, it was the biggest thing ever. And I don't know if Brotherhood's popularity eclipsed it. I think it's notoriety. Like as far as like what people associate with FMA, I think that eclipsed it. People associate the story points and the art style and the characters of Brotherhood with FMA first now. So it won that, I guess, but it didn't, I don't know that it was as big. I don't know that it was ever as mainstream. We're giving out free DVDs and DVD players. 13 discs <laughs> in a movie. Watch through the whole thing. I know a lot of you don't know what those are. Yeah. <laughs> What is this DVD? And speaking of entertainment, this week's episode is Looming Shadows. It was directed by Shigeru Ueda, who directed this episode and the first homunculus, episode 37. Only two episodes in the entire show, interesting. And written by Michihiro Tsuhiya, who wrote the previous episode and several others. It's rare at this point to have someone who is kind of new. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this is anyway. a transition episode, isn't it? It's not like... Oh, uh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> what? What did we, I say? We have, we like, have a it's thing. like an inside joke because everyone who comes on is like, oh, this felt like more of a transition episode. Well, that's but... the whole arc, isn't it? It is. Yeah, exactly. It is. I, well, you gave me like a slate of episodes to choose from, and I'm like, all of these are... <laughs> all of these are build-up. Oh, they're all rising action. Um, and I just chose the one with Papa Ho Ho in it because I felt like his meeting with Ed Good. would be the most interesting. Because we watch it one episode a week, and I think that does make it feel a little more awkward than binging it because, like you said, it's rising action. So you can keep watching it every week like, here we go, here we go, oh, but here we go for real, but here we go. <laughs> and that's fun to just keep going, but... Every week, it's it becomes a little... Well, and this is a very faithful adaptation of the comic yeah. at this point. It didn't start out that way necessarily for, you know, complicated reasons, of course. I'm sure everybody knows all, all about that already. But um, it is a very slavishly faithful adaptation of the comic. And what works in the pacing of a comic doesn't necessarily translate to, you know, whenever you get around to 2003, regardless of whether you think it's better or worse, it is sculpted to be paced more like a television show. Whereas Brotherhood feels like a really long movie or like a like a big Netflix miniseries, you know, something to be binged, right? Right, right, right. Again, O3 did it way better. You need somebody boxing your corner for that one. I'm here. I'm, I'm here for it. So now it's time for us to do our improvised 21 second recap. This is the moment in the podcast where one of us will do a 21 second improvised recap of this week's episode. And that person will be decided by the roll of a dice. Oh, no. Not it. Oh, too late. If it lands on one, it's me. If it lands on two, it's Arthur. If it lands on three, it's Mike. If it lands on four, it's our guest, Jacob. Oh, boy. Let's roll the dice. Is it four synonymous with death in, in Japanese? I feel like well, good for you, because it's actually two. Oh. Ah, oh. oh, trap. Three, two, one, go. Okay, so... There's like Hohenheim tells everything to Ed and Ed's like, what? And he's like, I knew you would have more trouble than your brother. And he's like, you're right. And then, uh, then Ed and the two Chimera and Greedling, they all go to a forest outside of town and Al's body shows up with pride inside and they fight. I will give that to you. I'm not sure if that was 21 seconds. It literally just says 21. You know what? I'll give that to you. Good it's job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Gluttony shows up. Oh, and yes. the, the military scene. There's the military scene. We have long past 21 seconds. Yeah. No, that's it. <laughs> Too late. Grumman. No Grumman. You've lost it now. You've lost we it now. We all know the rules. If I don't say it in the 21 seconds, we're not allowed to discuss it. <laughs> <laughs>
Gluttony was not in the episode. Not in my head cannon. Oh, and and uh, Longfan's back. Oh, her. On, only she's a badass now and has a metal arm. This is exactly like that joke in Arrested Development where Longfan shows up and you're just like, her. <laughs> What has she been doing? <laughs> Where's she? Well, been? okay, let's talk about Thankfully that. Thankfully, not bleeding out. She, uh, can she I, got can that I just wound say, cauterized. This is a Deus Ex Machina. No, it isn't. It is. It is. How it so? Is. Because there was no hint, no inclination that Lonfon was anywhere near that situation. If it wasn't she's for that out, one. She's out there. She's out there. No, where? How do you know I, that? I, I accepted it because it wasn't as much of a Deus Ex Machina as it could have been. Because it's not like they were in trouble. How are they going to get out of this? It's like they were fighting. They were in the middle of the fighting, and she joined. It's not like she well, was the Well, so here's the savior. question for you. It's I think it's justified that she shows up with the with the arm. You know, we've set up that she's getting it, and she's really intent on going to save her master and everything, her friend, however you want to look at their weird relationship. However, the question that really stands out is just how did she find them? <laughs> how did she know where they were all they needed to do is literally just <laughs> one little scene of lawn fawn arriving at a town that's all they needed to do but they didn't do that and so when law comes out it's like well, they did, all right they her. Did do that. they did do that when? but be well she's able to be invisible so you didn't see her oh my <laughs> she was in she was she's just she was in camera. one of the establishing shots invisible she's so good that it would have been weird to have seen her before she wanted to be seen mm -hmm. sneaky sneaky i'm glad they finally got this very important <laughs> character back anyway pride pretending to be alphonse one of the distinguishing you know characteristics of alphonse's being i guess is that he has these glowing red eyes that don't happen to be lit up at the moment so i think that was that's probably a the first mm. warning sign to both the audience. I mean, we know because we saw him get, get taken over prior to this, but like Edward, you know, probably should have taken note of the fact that there was, you know, nothing, nothing coming through on the other side of uh, his brother's helmet. I feel like that scene as a whole was very effective nonetheless. I mean, it was a very scary scene. I just... <laughs> And Pride dropped his plan so early. It was yeah, like, I, think, okay. I feel like he could have sold it harder. I feel like he could have imitated Al for longer. And like, it's not who is Ed going to believe, Greedling or his brother? I feel like he could have kept it up. But I also don't get the feeling Pride has a whole lot of patience. Right. So, He's you know, and prideful. maybe he thought this would be kind of an e yeah, he <laughs> thought maybe prideful. this would be kind of an, an easy, an easy kill. So, you know, it makes sense all around this. This episode, I mean, apart from. I guess it, it's been a running joke, the My Animal Instincts thing. Apart from uh, that, like, <laughs> effort to give character to these sort of... Characterless minions. Yeah, I mean, they they, they delve into those characters' uh, stories a little more later, but Even I feel Ed like... um gets his name. Ed's like, the lion guy. Yeah, the lion guy, the gorilla man. Like, um, they're mostly plot-use characters, and so you have all this development and interchange between... Greedling and Papa Ho Ho and Edward. And then you have these other guys who are just here because we have a big fight scene coming and we need them. I feel like there's a really good scene in this episode. And that's the moment when Ed conveys Trisha's last words to Hohenheim. What's being unsaid at that moment that Hohenheim never went back to figure out what Trisha's last words were, but also that Pinocchio could have told him, you know, when he was there earlier in the show. But she gave it to his son to relay it to him. It's almost as if she knew that hearing Ed convey those words would hurt him that much more. And that says something about the character to me. Can't exactly put it to words. And I want to know if you, you guys caught on to that too. That's a very good point you brought up. Um, but I think maybe Pinocchio's motivation was not so much to 
hurt Hohenheim more by Edward saying that, but in keeping sort of with the theme that Ed needs to understand his father more, that she wanted Edward to deliver that news because she wanted Edward to see that Hohenheim really cared and that he was really upset and remorseful because he does. That is like the thing that breaks Edward's like ruthless, like hatred for his dad and forces him to see him as a flawed human being. Totally what happened there. And it's just like Rumi says, you know, break your heart until it opens. Who? Oh, that's very moving. That's a Rumi poem. Who's you know, Rumi? You know, he's that uh, Islamic medieval poet, poet. Oh yeah, the medieval poet everyone knows. Yeah, I know, that one. I know that cool. one too. Let's play the beautiful poem jingle. Wow, that was so beautiful. That was the most beautiful <laughs> sound I've ever heard. Michelle, good job finding that. The point is, through pain, you understand that someone gives a shit, right? Mm-hmm, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. He didn't get mad, you know? He didn't He didn't get hard. He didn't like it all. <laughs> Do you want to rephrase that? You. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope he didn't. <laughs> My wife's final words were, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, his yeah. heart was not hardened. <laughs> I meant, like, emotionally hard. <laughs> no. Making no it worse. It. Delete all this. <laughs> I did find it interesting when Edward turns off all the lights in the town, he also turns off the fire pit somehow. Oh, yeah. Well, how, wait, how did that happen? Whatever the reason, I think that's also pretty cool, right? Like, he gets rid of all the light and there's no shadows. You it's, know? A great, it's a great uh, move for the fight scene. You're right. But yeah. I, it hadn't occurred to me, like, yeah, there's, like, people burning trash out there. People going to break out their kerosene lamps. Yep. Like, mm. oh, shit. Wait a minute. Especially because the, the time period, I guess, that we're living in. There's a lot of, you know. Also talking realistically how much light would a town that far away project you know anyway whatever well enough you only need a little yeah just a little bit of light you only need a little so long as there it's it's and it's funny because this is uh an animated and obviously in a comic this is also true but there's an even greater gap between reality and imagination in a comic because it's black and white but in the case of the animation it's funny because it's like it's pitch black i can't see a thing and you can vividly see everything because of course they can't it can't be a black screen it would be hilarious but they can't do that i really wish they would just put the whole screen dark and just we just see their eyes like it's a cartoon (laughs) (laughs) i really would make it much easier to animate if they need to save money on an episode they could just not animate anything but eyes the moment when ed claps his hands and turns off the lights we as an audience are going like oh i get it he's turning off the lights Mm -hmm. and that feels like a very satisfying moment for an audience member to watch that and be like that's really smart now pride can't hurt you it made for a very entertaining fight you know it was one of the most entertaining so far it's good that was another reason i picked this episode is i was like oh this fight is fun and i'm gonna start with a compliment for brotherhood because i'm gonna say something that i don't like about it sort of right off of that but Fight scenes. Obviously, the fight choreography and the animation and just like the concepts behind the fights and like the layers of different participants and the tension is much better than pretty much anything in 2003 where fight scenes were pretty short and more simple. But Mm. on the other hand, so this we're introduced to Pride uh, as this living shadow, right? That can tear things apart by like when his shadow touches them, he can possess them or grab them or rip them apart or it's nebulous. And this is an issue I have with Brotherhood. It's so high concept that I almost don't understand it because a shadow isn't really a physical thing that can, is it like goop? Is it a force field of some kind? Is it like an AT field kind of thing? It works in a big comic book sort of way, but when Full Metal Alchemist focuses on the more human and like 
sort of down-to-earth elements like oh this is a real war and this is the stories of like real soldiers and the gore is sort of naturalistic and the science obviously of alchemy is very well researched and stuff that's it kind of makes sense scientifically even wacky stuff like chimeras you can kind of say okay i can see how that could happen but this is a living shadow what is it? <laughs> I think of like the O3 anime as like a Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, whereas mm. stuff in Brotherhood, it does seem more fantastical. And Pride, I think, is the pinnacle of that, where it's just like, I don't scientifically understand this thing at all, but that's okay. It's it's okay for in a Marvel movie kind of way. Even within Brotherhood, Pride is in particular weird <laughs> and very fantasy-based. Yes, because yes. Everything in Brotherhood is rather elemental and scientific-based. Pride is the only one who is like totally magic yes it's sort of based on the concept of shadows but what is it it's like spiky goopy shadows that being said until you said this i've never had a problem with it <laughs> i think it's very <laughs> cool it is, like, well, it's very cool as hell it doesn't really matter it's the glass breaking sound effect but, but i do agree it's thinking about it it's a little weird because it's the only thing in brotherhood like that i think one thing that o3 absolutely succeeds much more than brotherhood and is the homunculi as characters i understand oh. their motivations completely they all feel like real like complicated people in the 2003 anime to me they feel like a complete thing the biggest example of this is that when gluttony shows up again in this episode after 20 or so episodes that ed hasn't seen gluttony there's no moment of like gluttony that guy it's just like his back. Oh, oh he's like, gluttony! He's like a force Not of nature again. that talks. You know, mm -hmm. he's just yeah. like he's gluttony. I have a question for you. With all these comparisons for O three, you know, makes me wonder what our little Xiaomei, you know, O three version, how she stacks oh. up. Oh my! Oh <laughs> my! Special, oh me! Oh my! Section of Panda talk. <laughs> no, no, you can't do that, Jacob. Please tell Mike what Xiaomei's O3 version is like. Please tell him. I want to listen. The country of Shing does not exist. <laughs> None of those characters exist. There's no panda. There's no Shing. <laughs> So there's, no and panda. there's no there's panda. There's no pandas at all. <laughs> well, who really, who really has the last laugh? Because that concludes this special segment of Panda Talk. Oh, it's, it's over. It's over. It. TikTok, Mike. There's a time limit on this segment. <laughs> I'm really we'll happy. Find a way. I cannot wait until you and I find something in the O3 that annoys Michelle <laughs> as much as the panda does. You told us that you have an opinion about Greenling, and now is your moment. Please, the microphone is yours, Jacob. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no. I, the opinion I have is spoilers for the end. I don't like how Greedling develops, but we won't get into that. Um, the one thing that does happen is this is the first time that Greedling uh, voluntarily relinquishes his control over his body back to Ling. It's a big risk he's taken, and he says that it's just for survival purposes, right? Because Ling can sense homunculi with his spidey senses or whatever it is. But at the same time, Greed seems very genuinely enthusiastic about how badass Ling is at handling the situation and like cheers him on in a way that certainly isn't necessary for him being the evil possessor of Ling's body. But uh, you know, there's like a friendship budding there, which is perhaps unexpected. Yeah, mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. I actually did like, this is the part of Greed Ling that I like. This is the section where I'm like, all right, this is kind of cool. They're sharing a body. They're developing relationship i'm still a sucker for like it's greed but not really because greed is just the concept of want and you can want good things i enjoyed that i love the intricacy of this fight 
and I'm just very excited for what's coming up. All right, which means, Mike, Hey, it's now time for you to step out of the forest and into a secluded location, which is a field where you can go at the bat because now it's time for Mikey at the bat. Hey, Michelle, how are you? I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> it's been a while. That was weird. <laughs> that was... Mike sounds different. No, I don't. Has he been possessed by a homunculus? The usual glow in your eyes is gone. What do you mean, Arthur? Oh, God. <laughs> the fact, I think I see a couple more eyes, like four or five more than I yeah, should be seeing. Yeah, you have more eyes than usual. Better to see it. This is the moment in the podcast where Mike has to guess what happens in next week's episode based solely on the title and the thumbnail. Mike, please subscribe to us the thumbnail for next week's episode, The Oath in the Tunnel. We've all taken an oath in a tunnel in our lives. Colonel Mustang and uh, Madam Christmas are sitting in front of a bunch of pictures. I can't quite see. He looks a little dissatisfied and she looks a little concerned. And they're talking about an oath in the tunnel. A tunnel that runs around the mistress. And an oath was taken in it to stop this from happening. Or maybe to make it happen. Something like that. I think we're going to see the rest of the fight. We're going to see them fight Pride, and Pride's going to have, like, one last trick up his sleeve, but they're ultimately in the darkness, he's like, we have to slink away, and Longfan's going to be like, oh, hey, I went to Winry, she gave me this arm, and she told me to go this way, and so I went this way, and Al's going to be like, oh, thank God you rescued me. I think they're going to rescue Al for a minute, and Al's going to be like, yeah, it was crazy, oh, gosh, or maybe not, maybe that won't happen, and then also, meanwhile, back at Central, Someone will have some kind of oath that they will take in the tunnels. Now that Mike has given his prediction, it's time for us to grade the episode on a scale from one to five stars. I'm going to get things started by saying, honestly, apart from the end, I'm still not convinced it's not a deus ex machina. So I'm going to give this uh, 3.5 stars because I think the ending was just like, Bleh, for me. I'm going to give this one 3.75 animal instincts. It was so action oriented that there was almost not that many things to talk about character wise, but it was... It was good. My animal instinct tells me to give this three. I already made, I already made an I animal know. instinct joke. <laughs> Look, they say it like five times in the episode. You're allowed to say it more it's than okay once. Right, if we, right. over, we can overplay it because they overplay it. I want to be enthusiastic, but I can't be. And I can't give it two stars because it's fine. But it's, you know, I don't know. Uh, 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 pass? I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> why I got to rate art on a... Uh, You're going to be like five stars scale, to the O3 series. Yeah, five <laughs> stars to every episode of 2003. Woo! No, I mean, seriously, I couldn't I, I couldn't possibly. Like, my brain just kind of doesn't work that way. It, it, just, it doesn't exist in a standalone. I, I think it's, I mean, it's a necessary piece to a greater story. I'm just going to, I'm going to go that's, with that. That's beautiful. That's three stars. All right, no, sure. All right, sure. No, whatever. No, come whatever on. numbers. Oh, you guys can argue about what my broad statements mean in numbers. Given and I can the just necessary sit back and piece to a greater story. This is how religious <laughs> wars are started. <laughs> Someone says something that could be either way and says, you figure it out. It can't be separated from the whole man. Hey, listeners, post what you think Jacob's star rating was. Jacob's, Jacob's star rating is that he doesn't care that much about any part of Brotherhood, even the very best parts, so I shouldn't be rating it at all, really. That's like three stars, automatically. <laughs> all right, there you go. All right. And now we've reached the end of this week's episode of Full Metal Analysts. 
And so I'd like to take this moment to thank our guest, Jacob Chavon, for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. How can people find you online? Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Weebservations. It's like the word observations, but with a wee in it, <laughs> with a weeb. And uh, I am currently sort of trying to relaunch a YouTube channel. I used to do YouTube, you know, like 10 years ago now and, um, and getting back into it. So you can check out my YouTube channel, which is also Weebservations. And uh, yeah, I, I talk about anime off and on there. It's not my full-time job anymore, so I, I wish I could talk about it more often than I do. But I would really appreciate your support. You can check out uh, the YouTube, the Twitter, my Patreon, just at Weebservations. Find me there. Great. And before you go, we'd like to ask you to do a Full Metal Alchemist, just like the interstitials, if you could. Oh, full Metal Alchemist. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like that one. I love the happy ones. <laughs> the optimistic. That's the optimistic one. <laughs> That's the 03 one. <laughs> oh, 2003 is not the more optimistic version. Can't wait to see. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I really want to watch it. You've you've made me, you've made me really want to watch it. <laughs> and if you don't want to have your body taken over by shadows, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FM Analysts. That's twitter.com/fm the word analysts. Subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. If possible, leave us a review or recommend the show to a friend. We'd like to thank Sarah Lerner for managing our Tumblr. You can check that out at fullmetal-analyst.tumblr.com. But watch out, there are spoilers there. We'd also like to thank Camilla Franklin for doing our podcast art. You can check out more of her work by following her on Instagram at Camillastrator. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, why not subscribe to our Patreon? For just $2, you receive extended versions of each episode a week early. That's right, you can listen to next week's episode right now by going to patreon.com slash fmanalysts. We'll see you next time on Full Metal Analysts. Until then, stay frosty, everyone. Bye. Brought to you by Hagen Dazs, unofficially. Maybe if we keep saying that, we'll <laughs> actually get a sponsor. That's my goal. That's the idea. <laughs> <laughs>